0: Oh, hey, oh, hey. On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting this guy, I'm streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time and your calls. Welcome
1: to Punters Postmortem.
0: Really starting to go through his gears, just continues to raise the bar.
2: Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punished Postmortem on this Monday. Of course, it is the 17th of April. Hopefully everyone had a great weekend and have enjoyed the big sports breakfast this morning. It is Tamworth Cup Week. Uh, Looking forward to Racing HQ getting to Tamworth later this week. We're at a Big Cal Cutter at the Courthouse on Thursday night. We'll talk about that as the week unfolds. And, of course... The racing will continue in New South Wales after the All-Age Stakes meeting on Saturday because this Saturday we're off to Hawkesbury as well. I know that to Duff and also Munns and a few of the uh, other Sky thoroughbred potential team will be involved with the Calcutta there on Friday night leading into the big Hawkesbury standalone meeting. And we've also got, as I said, the Tamworth Cup plus our other venues, Scone today, Grafton and now tomorrow, Warwick Farm on Wednesday, Narramine and Wyong on Thursday. and. Uh, also, that carnival up there in Queensland will uh, start to commence. Our panel today is Duff Munns and David Gately. So, Ron Doversy, Glenn Munsey, and David Gately. And today, after our little venture out to the English sales, and, geez, their silks have been flying, especially with militarise on the weekend, our friends at New Haven Park have given us some uh, merchandise to give away. So, our best callers today... We're feeling generous like Oprah. I think we've got four or five uh, of the hats and whatnot to give away, so we'll give that to our best callers today on 13.53.53 53 when you guys get involved with the show. Duff, how was your Saturday, mate? Welcome to Punters Postmortem.
3: Yeah, good, thanks, Dave. It was a terrific end of the carnival with so many good horses winning. There's no doubt about it. So it's been very successful. I suppose the sign of the uh, internationalisation of the carnival, where there was 22 uh, group ones contested, 14 Australian-based jockeys, one with two apprentices. And then the international-based jockeys, there was eight. And Perton with three, Ryan Moore with two, Moreira with two, and Mark One with one. So that just shows you uh, the global scene of the Sydney Carnival
2: uh, this year. Yeah, very much so. Uh, David Gately uh, was on Sky Racing 1 on the weekend. Gator, you had your eye across everywhere, but obviously the main attraction was in Sydney and it was a great race, the all Age Stakes.
4: It certainly was that. It uh, set up uh, really fast speed, set the race up for the best athletes and I pretty
2: much ran one, two, three. He certainly did. And uh, Munns will be joining us very, very soon. Glenn Munsey uh, down the line will get uh, his thoughts on how Saturday unfolded. We'll go straight in the gig gig uh, Duff, uh, and give us a call too. 135353 53 is the open line number. If you want to get involved with the show, we'll open the lines right now. It was a great performance. Uh, Great to see Clayton Douglas get the Group 1. We obviously know he's been here for the Tab Everest. Um, but, gee, this horse, he was strong, wasn't he, through the seven furlongs?
3: Yeah, well, that's uh, another feather in his cap, isn't it? Which I said, which opens up a lot more doors for him. He, the first thing he got in his favour was um, obviously lost and running, going a little bit too hard uh, when he over-raced and wanted to bolt there. So that helped him slot in and put the speed into the race where he could blend into it a lot better than it looked on with a lot of maps, put it that way. But he still, that's not what's saying he... Not saying he wouldn't have overcome a slow run race as well because of his adaptability, but he just chimed in and he just raced away from two very strong horses there, and Zaki and Cascadia and what warriors they are, and uh, he was just too sharp for them. So, what can you say about the rest of them? Jack and O I think is much better on a dry track. Mizzou helped, was unfortunately had to be the horse to card up uh, to Lost and running the field up, which is hard to do at that level. And um, that's about the race. We just had a worthy winner um, who is uh, a potential star.
2: Glenn Munsey is now joining us. Uh, Glenn, uh, giga kick we're chatting about here. He was the, what, SP290 I see on on Riser. What was his position with the tab? Because he's a very popular
0: horse. Uh, well, good morning to you, Dave. Good morning to Ron. Good morning to all the listeners. I can tell you he was horrific, Dave. Uh, and how bad you thought Giga Kick would be, he paled into insignificance compared to Democracy Manifest in the last. So it wasn't a strong finish uh, for the team there on Saturday. But it's not a crime to back a winner. Uh, I must admit, and you are allowed to lose. Uh, but, uh, yeah, very, very well supported. Um, a lot of people thought he'd get out in the market, but he didn't really, Dave. He, he sort of bounced between $2.90 and $3 all day. Um, Giga kick and, you know, just held his, held his spot there. He, he was always going to be the default, probably, horse in the race. Uh, the best supported runner to beat him was most definitely Cascadian. Uh, who was as much as 9.50 in the morning and got into as short as 6.50. And he just ran a tremendous race. Well, that's Cascadian. Uh, for the last three years now, he's, he's run in the all-age stakes and he's won one of them. Uh, he's been placed in the other two. Uh, for the two previous years, he'd come out of the Doncaster, winning the Doncaster and finishing midfield. This year, he changed his tact. He came out of the Australian Cup, so he had one extra week uh, to try and freshen up to come back an extra 200 meters, and he just seemed to lose his spot. He wanted to get on the back of Giga Kick Nash. I thought it probably about the 650-700 meter mark, and he, he just seemed to lose his momentum there for probably a few strides. And Giga Kick got away from him. Whether or not Nash was trying, he was probably thinking of going inside rather than outside, uh, and that just cost him that ground. And and when you're sort of coming back in distance, you need you need your you don't need your momentum stopped. And and he should have finished a clear second, in my opinion, but he wouldn't have beat the winner fight out of a gun. And no. Zaki, well, Zaki just belied uh, that trial. His first trial uh, a month you know, months ago now was good, and then he trialled poorly. He went to the paddock. He came back and, and he run up to he, his trial. The rest of the field there, Bandersnatch definitely overachieved uh, back in trip. Uh, lost and running, where well, you can put the line through it, the way that, it, how hard he went. You know, Marzu had to do the work uh, the others basically went how you expect them to.
2: And I see that uh, obviously uh, Clayton uh, Douglas mentioning yesterday, I think it was to Stephen Hewlett on our sister station up there in Queensland, that um, Digger Kick probably will go to Queensland and he is an even money favourite uh, in that prenoms market for the
0: 10,000, Glenn. Yeah, well, I think you'll find Dave, he was around. He, he was well. He was much longer than that. Whether or not he was around about three dollars fifty or, or somewhere four
2: fifty, it's saying on the on the. I'm only looking at the internet site though, so oh I know well, that's you know possible. that could be
0: right. he has been averaged out at around about three dollars something. Okay. three dollars twenty two. So I was thinking, you know, around about three fifty, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility that it was four, you know, four fifty. I think he might have even been sort of. Um, it, it was definitely favourite before Saturday, put it that way.
2: And just on that, because uh, we had a few punners last week wanting to know the thoughts of where certain Joe Pride runners were going and I had a few tweets over the weekend as well on the back of Joe Pride's interview. So last week in an interview that I did with Joe on Racing HQ and look, as we know with horses, they can change decisions and there's a lot of water to roll on the under the bridge. But at this stage, uh, for the Doombin 10,000, Joe wanted to split his team up because he's going to have a strong team in Queensland. He wanted to go with Eduardo and Maria Mia in the 10,000. Private Eye, he was actually looking at kicking off in the victory stakes, which will come up soon in Queensland, and then look at a Kingsford Smith and a possible Stradbroke. So he would split Private Eye the other way. Private Eye wouldn't, at this stage, be going to the 10,000 where he's currently $8 second favourite without Cabin and Marzu. Obviously, that's a pre-noms market. Uh, but Maria Meir is there and we see Eduardo there. And obviously he's got this other exciting horse in the Stradbroke as well, uh, which is your current Stradbroke favourite. And that, of course, is, think about it. Well, we've got now three equal favourites for the Stradbroke. A giga Kick, think about it, and Valana, who was very impressive on the weekend, uh, Valana.
3: Yeah, he's a good horse. Um, I went into the meeting thinking he could be a run or two short with the, the big Brisbane targets in mind. But... Uh, he still could have been, but he was just better than him. Uh, so I thought he was sensational. He he rode him like a good thing. He, he didn't try and cuddle him or anything like that. He just kept him in touch uh, with the leaders there. And he just, uh, the has set in, and he I thought he did it quite nicely. I think Haha ha Falls, he's dead set, got his foot on the till for a 1,400 metre race now. As long as he gets the jar out of the track, he still can win on dry. And what do you, what do you want to say? Key Largo did his thing um, running on, Looking um, like he's desperate to win another race again, and I thought Cusher had his chance.
2: We've got our first caller, Dean's on the line. Good morning, Dean. Hello, Dean. You there, mate? Not sure if he's there. Is he? Can you hear us, Dean? Yeah, I got you. Got gotcha, you, mate. Uh, how are you this better? morning? Yeah, good, mate. We're well, just ringing up about the um, about the international jockeys. And trainers, for that matter. I thought they really made that Sydney Carnival this year. And um, on the other hand, it's sort of probably
5: always known that
2: our Australian jockeys
5: are world-class, the elite ones, because we matched it with them as well. I just thought it made for a great carnival.
3: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Like I said before, they they held their own, the international jockeys and, and trainers. And, um, like I said, Purton and Road 3 winners, Moore Road 2, Marira 2, and Mark won 1 in the Group 1s.
0: Yeah. Here, here's well, one for the here's one for the marketing department. Wouldn't it be great to have a carnival built around jockeys, trainers, and horses?
3: Yep, I agree.
0: Do you think that we'd ever um, like? Obviously, they do it quite well
2: in Hong Kong with that uh, International Jockeys Night. But um, there obviously is an appetite for it because uh, we see, you know, um, obviously they love getting out here because obviously they can make a quid, but also too from a spectator perspective there we go we just have dinner on the line um you know should we have an, an international jockey series
3: i think it work better with the world stage uh, like they do in hong kong with a wednesday night so jockeys if they can't get releases to ride on a saturday because there's big races in japan or big races yeah uh, somewhere else i think uh, Put a big Wednesday on in the middle of that carnival. They don't have to be the top class horses, which is you know they run around them class, uh, the, those class five horses in Hong Kong and put the jockeys on them. They have a big a big meeting, so if we could have a you know th- throw them on a Kensington track, I don't care. Um, it'd be excitement during that carnival. It would work. It would be costly. Uh, but it would be a great promotion for Sydney racing.
2: Well, speaking of um, international jockeys, obviously uh, Joe Marrera. He's uh, enjoying his time uh, here in Sydney. And Gator, I'll bring you in here because we had the Champagne Stakes, and Militarise. Uh, obviously, he was, uh, was well-supported and uh, he just... Lovely ride. They seem to just travel so well on these heavy tracks for Joe.
4: Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's... Um exclusive to to wet tracks, um, but yeah, it's, it's a valid point. I mean, he was so dominant, wasn't he, in, in the size militarised with his late strength, and I guess the only query going in was uh, that track was pretty bottomless. I know they listed it as a heavy eight, but um, jockeys didn't agree with that. Uh, so is that real-world stuff? And we go into the 1600m Champagne on a different track, Could he repeat it? Well, the answer was yes with GSC, wasn't it? I mean, he wasn't given any favours in the run. He was written uh, like uh, the good thing and and was totally dominant. Off a pretty moderate tempo relative to group one standard, he still ran a really strong last 600 uh, figure and um, I think he's he's one of many uh, out of this carnival and and the Melbourne carnival um, that adds so much excitement to the spring because the way I look at the the, the two carnivals. It's been a, a changing of the baton, really. You know, you see Gigi Kick run past um, Zaki, you see Nature Strip hand the, the baton over, and a few of those horses as well. So um, it, it adds another uh, dimension to what's shaping as an outstanding spring already.
2: Yeah, very much so. Uh, who said Chris Waller couldn't train a two-year-old uh, Duff?
3: Well, yeah, that's proven. He's, uh, I think there's only been five trainers in history uh, that have won the triple crown. And um, here's Chris Waller. He's uh, he's done it with the two horses this year, and he'll do it again. I'd suggest the, uh, with the the empire that he's got. He's uh, well, we 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 don't need to introduce Chris Waller. He's he's our he's our best.
2: Now, Muns, um, just on uh, the champagne. Um, did punters did I hear correct that the what was the lays of the day? From Tim Ryan on Saturday morning. The lay of
0: the day was magic time, Dave, yep. in race number four. Which which was correct. Um, we'll get to that
2: shortly. But um, what about militarised? I mean, obviously, punters just seem to gravitate towards it. I know I got out to 2.05 and it was sort of going in and out, only a couple of cents here and there,
0: but um, surely they butted up. Oh, yeah, it was very well supported. Tom Kitten was probably the best supported runner to beat it, Dave. Don Corleone, who uh, Timmy Owen said they wanted to be top odds it uh, all throughout. Well, they managed to do that. It was sort of $3.70 out to $4.40, $4.60 in the race there. And there, there wasn't really going to be anything else uh, that you thought they'd back. You know, they sort of held their mark there without being supported. But Tom Kitten was probably the only firmer in the race outside of militarised. Tell us about um, uh, this uh, this race
2: where magic time obviously was the lay of the day from the boys in the morning. Um, Alentia, though, was a big firmer, wasn't she, Munns?
0: oh i wouldn't say she was a big firmer on race day dave she was a firmer from what the first market went up on wednesday Right. she went up a 13 dollars chance on wednesday but by thursday she was into five dollars fifty uh, and basically held a mark as a five dollar chance all the way through saturday and in the opposition to that magic timer went up a dollar 80 got to as much as two dollars 30 uh opel ridge who went up 350 got into as short as 270 um the, and she just sat there and minded her own business, bouncing between $4.80 and $5 all, all day. Uh, and she was just too good. Um, magic time, sort of had to do plenty of work in the race. It's a strange run, Opal Ridge. Another case where a horse sort of lost its spot at around about the 700 metre mark. And um, she was strongest her last little bit. So it was, it was a strange run from her. Um, the others there, Renaissance Woman, did what he liked. That also I mentioned to you on Friday, Dave, La Patrice. I think she's going to be all right. Uh, she was ridden a, comp- uh, a little bit different than had she been ridden uh, her two runs. She was going from a maiden to a group race. Unusual for Anthony to do that. Um, but uh, I spoke to Anthony after the race, and he, he thought she genuinely could run a place in that race, which was um, you know good for a, a, a breeding page and everything like that. He was nearly proven correct and I think she'll develop into a nice little filly.
2: What do we uh, do Gator with Magic Time and then I'll come to you Duff for a comment as well.
4: Look she was disappointing um, only because the expectation was so high from um, me You know, I was the opposite of the layer that I thought she was one of two that, that I was really keen on based on her first up win and her win at Flemington second up last trip. so there was nothing on her CV to say she went underperform um, admittedly it's a very small CV at this stage but Look, I guess if you're looking at it forensically and take the price out of it, you know, she just over-raced, she was three wide, third, no cover, albeit, um, you know, on a pretty strong speed. So, um, it's not the ideal scenario, but with the expectation, I, I expected her to overcome it. And, and when you're six fast this last 200 of the race, you know, in a field of the seven, you've underperformed. The race is rated well, though. They run quicker time than Tamerlane on an improving track, albeit off a faster speed. So, um, I think it's a race we can trust, and I'm being a little forgiving of her. I still think she's a potential star.
3: Yeah, I I was left a bit flat with the race. I just didn't couldn't work it out. I just couldn't work it out. It's a, it seemed a race they they come out and then they stop for a, a little bit and then they quickened early and the few horses went got, got spinning. Their wheels got spinning and then all of a sudden they're out and their feet late there as well. So. I went into the race saying there's some very, very nice fillies in this race and I'd just come out of it not knowing how to read it. So I'm I'm not bagging the race. Um, I think it's still a good race, but I'm just trying to assess it. I think only time and the next run was going to tell me.
2: We'll take a quick break. It's 9.21 on Sky Sports Radio. Give us a call uh, if you want to get involved with the show on thirteen fifty-three fifty-three. 53 Our best callers today, we've got some merchandise from our friends at Newgate Farm, uh, the In the Congo, and we've also got some Artorias merch, so our best callers today will be receiving that. Give us a call. thirteen fifty-three fifty-three.
0: Cold by Star Turns. 71% winners to runners. Oldest, only four-year-olds. Trainer Joe Pride. 5% 4400 and 250 a month covers costs. For pdsc hancocks.com.au Hassell, double two seven three six five, Hancocks.com.au.
1: Nova Employment has been matching businesses to staff with ability for over thirty years and has an unbeatable track record of success. Nova can assist businesses of all sizes. Hi, I'm Emma from Carnet West in Sydney. Our recruitment process has been made easier by Nova
0: Employment, providing us with great talent across a wide range of positions.
1: Recruiting Choose Nova Employment, the premier disability employment service. Visit novaemployment.com.au. Government incentives may be available.
2: On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report.
0: Over 15,000 restaurants and grocers on DoorDash for under $1 delivery fee. More to your door for less than you think. See doordash.com. Prospect, the Prospect Carway, busy southbound, the M4. M4 moving steadily east and westbound. At Weatherill Park, a truck crash on Cow Pass Road affecting northbound traffic near the Horsley Drive. a Rod Point, a crash on Henley Marine Drive at First Avenue and the M1 clear-out of Sydney down to Wollongong. Get behind the wheel and live your own way with three-and-a-half-tonne towing in the Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu Ute dealer today to discover the range. I'm Ian Wallace. That's traffic on Sky Sports Radio.
6: Batolini, mini, mini, mo, and You're
0: the Pick your favourite
1: Kia, from the award-winning Kia Sportage, to the street-cred-delivering Kia Seltos, or Kia's most powerful car ever, the all-electric EV6 GT. Book a test drive today to find your chosen one. Find out more at kia.com.au or drop into your nearest Kia dealer.
6: Kia, movement that inspires.
2: You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and punters Postmortem. Yeah, it's 9.24 on Sky Sports Radio. Give us a call on thirteen We've got some Newgate merchandise to give away. Our friends at Newgate, they've been flying as well in the Congo and Artorias. Two new stallions, which we'll see. We'll see Artorias flying the flag for the Aussies over there in the uh, Platinum Jubilee at Royal Ascot. So big thanks to Henry and the team. And our best callers today will receive some merchandise. In the meantime, we've got Brett on the line. Good morning, Brett. Yeah, morning, Dave. How are you? Very good, mate. Uh, what's your, what's on your mind?
6: Yeah, I just wanted to ask the boys about Democracy Manifest. Uh, great ride by Joe Moreira
4: up the inside. Um, do you think he'll go to Brisbane? And is he a Group Two,
1: Group Three horse?
3: I think at least, and from what I saw on Saturday, I think he's. Uh, a horse that's been carefully handled. Chris only he got him after a, a few runs, and he's nurtured him, nurtured him. Typical. Uh, so he's resumed him late in a uh, autumn, which which usually tells you that maybe there's something planned for Brisbane, and then a light a light Brisbane, and maybe he's a spring horse. I I, I think he's a very good horse, Brett, to do what he uh, did on Saturday. He's he's furnished. He's he looks amazing, and he's a much better horse than a benchmark 88 and he i say he is a, a group two group three horse for sure and who knows he might even get to a group one in a handicap
2: beautiful thanks for your call brett i mean just on on um uh, the the ride duff we saw maria up the fence a few times on uh, on saturday Was there a a consensus that there was something wrong with that part of the track? Well, not wrong, but not the best place to be. But then Joe was just going, well, if you can open the gates here, I'll just go straight through.
3: Uh, Look, I think it's a bit exaggerated. They're they're all across the track there. and I I don't think they were... I think they were only getting a few off the fence. And I think it was a pretty fair track, to tell you the truth. I don't think there was any consensus that any one part of the track was better than the other. Uh, It was just a matter of you got through the going. So he drew good barriers... He found him in good spots, and he was happy to stay where he was rather than looking for for runs out wide.
2: What about yourself, Gator? How did you assess uh, Democracy Manifest? Yeah,
4: what what I tend to gravitate to is is um, horses that are continually able to run amongst the quickest closing fractions of the day, and he's done it again. Uh, his twelve. Twelve was bettered only by Ozopenko. albeit you know on an improving track. You have to factor that in. I think if you're looking at him heading towards the Queenslander campaign against a horse like Valana, who raced on the day, they're pretty similar first half of that race, 36-2 Valana's race and Democracy Manifest 36-4. So point two slower, yet Valana's been able to beat him a good five lengths uh, on, on the clock. So um, make no mistake, he's got ground to make up if he wants to tackle a horse like Valana um, in Queensland.
0: Mm. Yeah, it looks to be a nice race for him. Uh, the BTC, uh, the BRC Sprint, if he wants to test Group Company. It's a Group Three race over thirteen fifty uh, at Doomben in a month. Uh, Beautiful and race If you for look him. at his form, his forms all around that 13, 1,400 meter mark. You know, I am just saying, if you are looking to, you know, he's he's not ready to get to Group One or anything like that at the moment. But that that might be a you know a, a, a test for him uh, because he's you know he's out of benchmark grade now. And that would be a you know a lower level group race to be looking at.
3: What's the race that gets them in the Stradbroke?
0: Um,
2: the, the Fred Best, isn't it? Oh, the that's for the three-year-old, Thre- isn't it? The Fred yeah. Best.
0: Yeah. yeah,
3: I'm not sure if he could sneak his way in with 50 kilos in a Stradbroke. Oh, he'd
0: have it, to run in that. Uh, used to be the Qantas, the Kink. Uh, well, <laughs> the uh, Anset. <laughs> whatever it is, the Q- it was Qantas, and then it was something else. But yeah, no horse has anyway. ever won that and gone on to win the Stradbroke.
3: Yeah. Anyway, so it's just a thought.
2: Yeah, um, and I tell you it's what, called the
0: the Morton is it the Morton Bay,
2: Morton Bay Camp. Yeah, Morton Morton Bay yeah. camp. Uh, what what um it, I guess we've got to give some credit. I know obviously Chris is uh, obviously um, with the horse now, but there was a story with this. I know that because he, he was with Cody Nester, and the story could be incorrect, but um, as far as I'm aware, when obviously that stable uh, Cody went decided to give up training and go back into riding and whatnot. Um, he said to the ownership group, he said, no, this horse deserves to go to a, a very good stable and I think you should be looking at the city. And that's how he obviously found himself there at Chris Wallace. So, uh, and he, he burst onto the scene and he's obviously with that name and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting um, and a good group of owners as well. Uh, so uh, good luck to them with Democracy Manifest. Flying Artie, uh, the sire there. Um,
0: that BRC sprint, the winner is exempt from ballot for the Stradbroke as well. OK. Yeah. All right. yeah, I've got the Queensland Carnival uh, handy up in front of me and I've got everything highlighted here and I'm just going through it. Beautiful. So preparation, Dave. You should try it. Yeah,
2: no, I'll no, leave that up to you, mate. <laughs> leave that up to you. Will we even be up there in Queensland? But that's another story.
0: Well, I uh, don't know about you, Dave, but I'll be there. Will uh, you? Yes, my first meeting is Doomben 10,000 Day, which is May the 13th. Okay, so... Same uh, day as Scone.
2: Okay, so you'll be there. Beautiful. And that Scone Carnival. That's uh, obviously great that we get those two days back there and looking forward to um, to that particular meeting. We've got a busy period, boys. We've got Tamworth, obviously Wagga, not too far away. All those races too um, with the big dance eligibility and then we roll into to Scone and whatnot. Uh, what about the JRA plate? Obviously, uh, uh, tell us about your data that I saw you tweet here, uh, Gator, in relation to... This horse that went out very, very fast in front, pride of Jenny.
4: <laughs> yeah, very fast. Uh, it would be a fair understatement. I mean, yeah, she, she's gone 124.76 in the Jara Cup. That's her first 1,400 metres. Um, so on the day, she would have beaten Alentia by about three lengths, who <laughs> won over 1,400. She ran 125.01. Uh, a kick ran 124.48. In a, in a fast-run Group One race, so um, yeah, look, no matter how you slice it, uh, there aren't too many um, athletes in the in the history of our sport that could sustain that. I mean, they wanted Vaux road tactics. That might have been too much for even the mighty bow.
0: You would have led the Queen Elizabeth Pie Fairway Gator. Yeah, would have had a
4: margin Might have on the pretty much any race <laughs> you've seen, <laughs> and since Stalish Century uh, had a crack at that second Cox Plate
2: What do you do um, form-wise with this race now, uh, Duff? Because obviously of that extraordinary tempo that's been set.
3: Um, look, it's. Uh, I think it's when you get a fast race, you usually trust the form. So, I thought Dymir was fantastic, being only third up and it was obviously a target race for him and it helped him with his draw, which we were worried about because it spread him out. So he got a, a beautiful uninterrupted run and I loved the way he dug in and, and got Banker's Choice later. It was excellent in his own right. So, yeah, I, going forward, there's improvers there. It was a much better performance from Wetor. Uh, great house is on track for Brisbane because he's early in his preparation and he he was very good considering uh, how tough that race was and probably the tough race went against Sunshine Rising and we don't know, uh, that's his first run on the track the wet track for about seven years so um, we have to, uh, probably he's hit his peak and in the middle of nowhere now where to go.
2: Dave's on the line, and we're going to get to we're going to get to get this Quokka race because she was extraordinary, the runner-up, Amelia's jewel. Obviously, well done to Bjorn Baker and uh, Josh Park with Overpass winning that inaugural Quokka there in the West. Looks like they've got a big crowd, too, in WA, so great that uh, that race can be run and won. Dave, your thoughts on Amelia's jewel? You've got some questions.
1: Yeah, I've got a question for Ronnie. Yeah, talking about data, um, I heard a report that uh, with the sectionals there, the last 400 that she ran, was the quickest ever run at that track. Um, if you had anything to do with it, Ronnie, what what would you do? What would you target, and would you campaign over there, or would you come east?
3: Um, I would come here, and I would take up a slot. Uh, they say that that she's had. I saw an interview with the owner while she after the race, saying, oh, "We're just we put blinkers on her, and she's gone ten lengths better." You know like the old saying, but they've got them up the sleeve. I, I reckon she could running an Everest with blinkers on first up and then come back a, and get her ready for a, a golden uh, I think they all they want is the Golden eagle because she's proven up to uh, over ground and and she's proven over the sprinting distances I, I think she'd be a worthy Everest horse to tell you the truth uh, nice and fresh good trainer he knows what it's all about and she did go into that race uh, second up and still had the sprinting uh, legs on her so yeah she'd had a lot of interest over here I, I, I think she definitely has to come over uh, what's she going to do at home? Yeah, there's nothing at home for her. Uh, so I think I think we'll see her in the East, and I think it'll be in the spring uh, for the big dollars with the, probably a main target, the Golden Eagle. But I wouldn't be surprised if if they got off on of a slot that they'd take that up as well.
2: Hmm,
1: thanks. That's just all
2: I wanted to know. Gator, do you have your eyes on that cocker late in the day?
4: Oh, it'd be impossible to miss, wouldn't it, um, given the the class of the field and the interest in Amelia's jewel not only for the race, but going forward and what races she'll target and Stable openly talking her up and talking her about her as a bit of a freak. And I wasn't sold on that, you know, going into the race. I was sold on the fact she's a very, very good filly. Um, but that was an outstanding performance. I mean, I'm watching that race as I come to the turn and think, well, she can't win. Um, there's, there's no chance. It was... It was no swoopers track either. It was more a lead. It was much better day to be nearer the speed, which adds merit to the run. Uh, Sectional time, well, you touched on them with your call there. I don't know about the historical um, uh, reference, but I can tell you 33 7, 22 1, and 11 13 in a fast 120 meter race is outstanding. Um, she's only gone 3 100ths of a second quicker than Bella Nebatina. So if she's the fastest in history, then Bella's the second fastest. Um, so a lot to take out of the race. Winner's done a good job. He absorbed pressure on a fast speed. Look, the first four in fact were excellent, but Amelia's Jewel's the one and we're all talking about because uh, she could be the next um the next superstar. Hmm.
0: I, I don't think enough has been made of the run of Bella Nippertina Everyone's raving about Amelia's Jewel. Bella Nippertina was back with her and you know, it's only beaten a half a length and probably uh, never got the clearest run to get going because she was inside Amelia's jewel. So you know, I, I don't think you can take anything away. You can't take anything away from the winner when you when you and he gave Amelia's jewel four kilos and gave Bella Nippertina two kilos and he was on speed. And I, I think it, it the depth of the race is what is really going to come out of this. When you consider overpass, you know he's eastern form, and he finished up running in the Tab Everest. Amelia's jewels, the upcomer, she's now equal favourite for the for the gold eagle, and Bella Nipatina is the benchmark uh, of the of the standard like top grade sprinting horse. So you know, I think they'd be walking on air, and everyone in Western Australia the success of this race, and um, they won't work those slot races.
2: No. Yeah, now we heard that. Um, what price before uh, Saturday, Glenn, in the Tab Everest was Amelia's jewel.
0: Uh Well, the last time uh, uh, I wrote a price down, Dave, I actually was updating my, my spreadsheet this morning. Just talk amongst yourselves because I'll get the spreadsheet out.
2: Well, I know that we've got Giga kick favourite at 4.15. We hear from Clayton Douglas on the weekend uh, when he was talking to Greg after the race, Greg Radley on Sky Thoroughbred Central that, you know, look, nothing's been uh, set in stone yet, but that's where he'd eventually love to be in the spring. Come back and defend the crown. We know I Wish I Win will most likely be there. Definitely there, you would think um, for the Waikato team. Uh, then we've got in the next line of betting, Amelia's Jewel. And then Imperator is $11. In Secret at 11 Lucky Lucky ness. I know Zach Purton's trying to get the, the Hong Kong Connections to come over and and racing a slot, $11. Marzu, who we know definitely will be there racing under the, the Star Arrowfield Band, it's at $11. Nature Strip, we hear that press release during the week. Duff from Chris Waller, he'll be there, or trying to be there. Private Eye, maybe. We'll see him after his Brisbane campaign. Aft Cabin, um, obviously some water to roll under the bridge with him. Lost and Running, uh, $15. Overpass, $15. And Shinzo, who you'd think that Coolmore, if he returned... And obviously went through that golden rose. We've seen it before with three-year-olds, so it is another sort of changing of the guard, isn't it? Um, this one's going to be very different to the other Everest we've had.
3: Yep, and, uh, and the New South Wales horses are probably left lamenting, as far as our sprinters, unless Nature Strip, you know, puts his hand up or aft cabin or in secret. Uh, they they look at a, a couple of Godolphin prospects there, and um, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. Oh, it's, it's got to the stage now where the, there'll be some announcements make shortly would have thought gig a kick they said oh no he hasn't got a slot yet but uh, I think that's just to attract more interest and a better deal and I wish I win I think Moody's uh, he's got a, 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 the papers are up to the, uh, the the top of the wall there trying to sort them out uh, so that'll all be sorted out in time in the, I wouldn't be surprised sooner rather than later actually with those favourites
0: yeah, uh, on Everest Day last year, Dave, she opened $26 Amelia's Jewel. On the 13th of February, she was still a $26 chance. And I couldn't see her firming dramatically without having had a run. And then she was made $11 after Saturday.
2: If each of you had a slot, who would be running for you, Duff? In a tab Everest right now. Uh, oh,
3: <laughs> that's the two favourites. I wish I went and a kick at this stage.
2: Okay. Uh, Gator, if you had the slot, the race is coming up. Who are you picking?
3: Yeah, look, I
4: think uh, if I wish I would just run past Giga Kick and Giga Kick's just done that, um, that's probably the answer, yep. Okay. Munns?
0: Well, you start at the top of the market, Dave. That's the easiest way to do it. And If the bookies tell you that there's two horses that are under double figures, you, t- you take a Giga Kick or I Wish I Win. And who's going to have a little bit more improvement in it? Does the, I Wish I Win have more improvement in, in the Giga Kick? Giga Kick won it last year as a three-year-old. He's got to come back and do it as a four-year-old, which is always a little bit tougher. So I'd probably go, I wish I win.
3: And uh, the big one is the big one is when he resumes if he is the real thing, as Shinzo. The three-year-olds always hold the interest. Mm. If he can come out and bolt in a sprint race first up, and there's Everest talk about him, that'll that'll make the race. That'll make the race.
2: Um the text, text line. I we? we're talking a bit about uh, Sydney this morning, but we had the showdown there in Victoria um, Gator, and she's all shenanigans. Uh, was very good. Uh, she's now put made what two in a row. She won that uh, Gold Rush there at. Bendigo up on speed and then uh, sits just off them at Sandown and was very good.
4: Yeah, it was a dominant win, wasn't it? That's two in a row. The aggregate margin's about eight lengths from the two wins. Look, just shows you the clock isn't everything. She certainly didn't smash the clock at Bendigo, but the margin was significant. And again, she's the dominant. I mean, second to sixth in that race, there was, uh, what, 0.7 of a length between all of those. So um, she was, uh, yeah, in a different grade, Again, you know, she hasn't uh, gone to the roof on the on the clock relative to the day, but um, you know, I think that's only part of the puzzle. Times, and, and we get drawn in, you know, t- too much by it sometimes. But um, yeah, they've got they'll, they'll have an exciting off season. The connections of that um, that filly.
2: Now, what do we do with Ozopenko, uh, who was very impressive um, to win the first race? A lovely ride by Nashawilla, wasn't it? Uh, just sort of sitting, waiting, and going bang um will he go to Brisbane do you think Duff or will no. they put him away no
3: no no way in the world there's not not Chris's style um with him and militarized I reckon they're both they'll be on Cox Plate preparations I would have thought both of them um and they could shape up so only time will tell but they're two horses that'll train on he had a setback coming into this prep and Mr Rundos a pinko so they've just gone steady steady and uh, he doesn't go three carnivals with nice horses Chris um, so, especially if they're that, this late, so he'll I'd I'd be shocked if he didn't spell and aim towards some big big fish, and likewise with Militarise, he's um uh, he showed himself up that he could be a very good two thousand metre horse. I know we're working with wet tracks, but I just think he's he's been uh, nurtured into a good horse.
2: What do we do with the uh, second horse, a Gator? In your opinion, uh, Pericles?
3: Yeah, look, he just
4: found one better. It turns out the, the one bet is pretty damn good and had to run the quickest last run of the day to, to beat him. Um, and he did it in race one on a track where, you know, it was definitely improving throughout the day. So uh, he's just been beaten by a better horse. You know, he beat everything else. Um, and he's a, he's going to be a really good second-level horse, Heracles. He's just not top shelf. Whereas horses like Miller tries, so I think they've got claims to be, you know, in the Blue Ribbon sort of races.
2: Do you think that uh, we'll continue to see... There's a text on the text line saying, will we see Pericles, would he be a Queensland horse? But um, what is he, $11 for the Derby? Do you think he runs $2,400, Duff?
3: No, no. No. I think train different next prep. And th- th- he must show him plenty at home. And I, I heard a quote from... I don't know, I read a quote from... I, was, I don't know if it was from James or James McDonald, James Cummings or James McDonald, that they really think he's going to be a wait-for-age miler. So they've, got, they've obviously got a big opinion of the horse.
2: Yeah,
0: very much and so. It, and he struck those, you know, he, he struck yeah, a of couple course. of bad tracks in a row. Um, albeit he's got form on on heavy, he he might be a little bit better with uh on on a bit better track as well.
2: We'll, we'll take on the break. It's nine forty three. Give us a call on thirteen fifty three fifty three.
0: It's Cheval Grand. Cheval Grand goes on and wins the. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe. First time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network.
5: Brain tumour, migraine, dementia.
1: Have you or someone you love been touched by a brain disorder, disease or injury? Help the ones you love by donating to research today.
0: Visit brainfoundation.org.au Star Turn Colt with everything going from Joe Pride, Bob's, English Race Series, Winning Dam, prices from 2200 for 2.5%. For PDSC, Hancocks.com.au, AFSL 227365, Hancocks.com.au.
6: There's a new place to get it all on tap, and it's in your pocket. The Tab App has live racing, touchdowns, downtowns, the beautiful game, Australia's biggest game, our other biggest game. A bit of this. This. Oh, come on, ref. And this. For racing and sport on tap, download the Tab app.
2: Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
5: Pick
1: your favourite Kia. From the award winning Kia Sportage to the street cred delivering Kia Seltos or Kia's most powerful car ever, the all electric EV6 GT. Book a test drive today to find your chosen one. Find out more at kia.com.au or drop into your nearest Kia dealer.
5: Kia movement
6: that inspires.
1: Nova Employment has been matching businesses to staff with ability for over 30 years and has an unbeatable track record of success. Cindy Bollamy and
4: I'm the Director of Air Renewative Management Australia. He's extremely reliable, he's hard worker, comes to work on time and he's so just a really valuable member of our team.
1: Recruiting. Choose Nova Employment, the premier disability employment service. Visit novaemployment.com.au. Government incentives may be available. This is Punter's Postmortem
2: on Sky Sports Radio. It's 9.45. Give us a call. We've got some Newgate merchandise to give away to our best callers and, of course, in the Congo... And uh, Artorias, So big thanks to uh, the team from Newgate for providing that merch for our listeners. So Greg's on the line. Good morning, Greg.
5: Good morning, gentlemen. Um, I'd just like to bring up something about uh, location of races like um, the Liverpool City Cup and the Chippin' norton Stakes were always at Warwick Farm. And a good, you know, draw area for, you know, new punters, young punters and everyone. And the facilities are so great. And um, you know, they've been transferred to Ramwick and uh I just think, you know, like some great horses. The one the chipping Norton stakes at Warwick Farm and, you know, I know the tradition seems to be um out the window there.
3: Yeah, it certainly has. Um, I think they tried and tried and tried. They put promotions into it, but they the, uh, it all come down to people won't bet at Warwick Farm as much as they bet at Randwick. What, now,
0: why
2: is that dumb?
3: I don't dumb. know. I don't it's know with the mentality of that.
0: It's Would, perception that Warwick Farm wasn't a Saturday racetrack. It was always regarded as a midweek racetrack, although we had plenty of Saturday meetings at Warwick Farm. And, and you know, I've answered this question many, 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 many times. Um, punters see Randwick in the form guide. And their interest is peaked, yep, we have tried Saturday meetings at Canterbury, and they haven't so, held as much, but just it's, it's just a it's a it's strange that, isn't it do you think
2: though Munn's like okay, based on that, do you think that if we had the tab everest at Warwick farm, we wouldn't have good turnover like do you wouldn't, think be, it wouldn't
3: be as much as Ranwick wouldn't be as much no. as,
2: Ramwick. and is that is that the smaller fish or the bigger fish oh uh, Surely the syndicates wouldn't care if it was on Mars. If they, if their computer says this thing's one twenty and we're betting fives, they're on. Like you know, so it's obviously just the the smaller punter.
0: Yeah.
2: How do we change that?
0: Well, you know, how, how do you change it, Dave? You know, uh, we're going to have Warwick Farm going to be out of play for a while uh, shortly. Um, but as I said, it, it, the same. It's the same with Canterbury. We've tra- we've, yeah. we've tried Saturday meetings at Canterbury, and it's just they think that Rose Hill and Ramwick are our Saturday tracks.
3: Mm. I'm sure Flemington holds more than most tracks in Melbourne as well. You know, they see Flemington there and everyone wants to have a bet. I don't know why. It is perception, but...
0: Mm. Well, um, well, Gator would be best to answer this. With Caulfield out of play, Gator, Sandown, uh, the average punter wouldn't have knew Sandown existed. The Saturday
3: punter. A Saturday
4: punter. No. A Saturday yeah. punter. Yeah, I mean, I'm only reading um, probably the same things we're all reading in that uh, turnover is definitely down since the, you know, Caulfield's uh, closure relative to those meetings last year. But there are other variables to all of that as well, aren't there? Like field sizes, track conditions, a whole myriad of things, interest rates going up. So there
2: are other factors to, to that we have to factor in. Thanks for your call, Greg. Um, no, no,
5: I haven't finished. I haven't, oh. I, that's all I've said. You've, you haven't, you've debated it nicely. Um Number two is, what's happened to track work? Like, okay, I'll give you a couple of, Ronnie might remember these. Tall Kingdom, Miss Habit, you know, 40 years ago. Do you remember them, Ronnie? Yep, yep. You were riding mid track work right at Ram Weekend, And those days, papers, the sportsman, I bought the sportsman, no track work, nothing. Now, the only thing I say, like, I have kind of give up gambling, hunting, and I'm back into it, right? Now, Back in the day, you just knew, it didn't matter about the time so much, but you knew the horse was on the track. So if it worked on Tuesday morning at 38, you know, and it might have worked 54 for 800 on the Thursday, you just knew the horse was on the track. It's not blah, blah, blah. It's like there. And if it's not, well, they're doing something else with it or, you know, they've got another another agenda with the horse or something like that. But, but you know, you just see it's like, It's no information, like relevant information for mine. If it was relevant back in the day when punters went to the track, (laughs) I don't see why it's not relevant now.
3: Yep, look, I I get your point. Um, I was a track clocker when I gave up riding for a while and uh, made a few quid doing it actually. But in the old days, it was a great a great edge being a track clocker at Ranwick because most of the winners used to come from there. (laughs) Uh, Now you're probably better off at Warwick Farm, but it's too far spread. And it's still open. You're right. It, it, you, don't, you don't believe everything you read in the track work column. Then something's come home in 35 when the trainers give you a tap on the shoulder. You know, just just put that in there, 37 Oh, they wouldn't do that to you really would they <laughs> No. No, but anyway, it's... Uh, we get a lot more. I get your point with the track work times and everything like that. But you've got to you got to concede we can look up on on a computer these days and and look at the horse's whole career online. We can analyse things for ourselves. There's that much information out there now. you uh, Well, there's not that everyone's information. Got an edge. There's yeah. not that information. But anyway, I'll, I'll oh. leave on a, a nice note. Um,
0: I'll, I'll get, I'll Tim Grant was
5: very good on Saturday. Lovely. Lovely heavy track, which went pretty fairly, I thought, and and they really keep it nice down
0: there. That's all I see. Yeah, and I'll give you a tip, mate. You won't be buying the sportsman for too much longer either. <laughs> yeah, I
2: know. Okay, yeah.
0: thanks. thanks. Good on your Greg. Thanks, Greg. It'll be, it'll be the next one to go. Uh,
2: let's go to Don, who's uh, joining us now. Good morning. Uh, hang on, we'll get him up on uh, on cue here. He's on there now. Good day, Don. Hi. How are you? Oh, Hi, fellas. What's on your mind, um, mate?
6: Uh, we, I know we're talking about all the Group One races and all the rest of it, but um, we've got a couple of good meetings coming up at uh, Wagga and uh, Scone, and um, I've just got—I've heard a little whisper that um, Diamel, who won on Saturday, seems to be uh, Wagga a good two thousand meter horse. Um, has it got a hit? I've heard a whisper it might start in the Wagga Cup. It wouldn't he might be get far get a
2: bit wrong. Of weight now. He might yeah. get a bit of weight now. I think there'll be a few because Richard Pegum loves, obviously, being from that area. Loves the Riverina, big supporter, right. and they've got a, a a big ownership group as well. Duff, I saw Richard at the um, at the sales, and he just said, "No, our colours will be there, and don't worry, we'll be." Uh, he's got a, a fair few horses with Tim Donnelly down there too. Yep. So yeah, So They'll um, they'll appear. I, I think you're uh, you're right though, Duff. He he'd get a bit of weight now,
0: wouldn't he? Yeah, well, he, yeah, he, yeah. He was he was hundred and two rated before yeah. Saturday, so yeah, no, yeah. he'll be 60 out of the plus. World Cup. Yeah.
6: Um, no, no worries. Just a good thought.
3: <laughs> but I'm sure they'll have something else there. he would uh, have something else there for sure. Yeah,
0: Richard would not let a Wagga <laughs> Carnival go without having a number of runners. Yeah,
2: exactly right. Uh, and there right. are some good meetings coming up. If anyone is interested, we've got Gosford coming up as well. Yeah, that's right. That yeah. so that's on the Saturday, isn't it? With the yep. uh, the the wave meeting. So that's so we've got what this Saturday, Hawkesbury, then we go to Gosford, and then we've got Scone.
3: Uh, no, we've got a Rose Hill. Oh, that's Rose Hill, that, sorry. Yeah, that's a very exciting meeting in the middle there at
0: Rose Hill. Don't forget about mm. that one. So. Yeah, that's the one a couple of years ago they just canned to push the <laughs> carnival back. So, that's right.
2: <laughs> so that's what we've got upcoming. But if anyone is interested in getting to any of these meetings, i.e. Scone, Wagga, um, I know we're in Tamworth for the Cup this uh, on Friday, um, or even the Gosford meeting, um, just get in contact with the local club. I'm pretty sure your hospitality Uh, areas might be very close to being sold and if they're not already sold out because they're very, very popular with local businesses. But in regards to general admission and and whatnot um, and Calcutta's and all sorts of things, um, I know the Sky Sports Radio will be at a few of them and you guys will actually be at Hawkesbury, Duff uh, and Munns on, I think, Friday night at the Richmond Hotel, the Royal?
0: Yep, 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 we got yep. the we'll Calcutta there, there. They'll have a Calcutta there on uh, Friday night to yep. uh, get ready for Hawks. Let's hope uh, Hawkesbury get a little bit uh, well they have got to get better weather than they had last year put it that way um, and don't worry I've never known a race club secretary or anyone involved in the race club if someone rings up and they'd like, like to get a table in a, a function area for six or eight people no matter how sold out they are they'll create space uh, to get you in there
2: Exactly right. So we'll go to line four now. Mark's on the line, and he's got a question for Gator.
1: G'day, Dave. G'day, boys. So, uh, Gator, I was wondering if you watched Packham Races last Thursday night. There was a horse that I'm interested in that runs third in the derby called Albert Fel- Feldy Boy, and it won the maiden over the mile. I wonder if you actually saw the race at all, mate.
4: Uh, no, I only saw the last couple hundred, but certainly the, the comments post-race were very effusive about the win, so... Um, I could certainly dig up some hashtag data if you're interested. Um, maybe just uh, hook me in on, on Twitter and I'll find it for you.
6: Yeah, oh, I've, I've actually watched
1: already. That's the reason why I'm ringing you up, whether you saw the run. Because he was on the fence, three back, uh, and a horse that's what he... Obviously, he's run the derby, was was very good. And to, to run in a first up over 1,600 metres. He was on the fence, he was climbing over the hills. The run was really, really good, considering that he's a dead set stayer. And I just didn't know whether you saw the race and did you have an opinion on the race, but you haven't seen it, so. or you didn't even see the last couple hundred metres. But it was better than what the margin said. The price says that it was coming back good $2.20. So um, I just wanted to uh, ask your opinion regarding where, going, where he's going through, maybe even in the spring or, or whatever. But it was a good one. And before you answer that, just I want to ask Doug one question about Far Too Easy. You know, I have a big rap for this horse. I wonder if you saw the trial last Tuesday at Dooban, mate.
3: No, I didn't. No, I didn't, uh, Mark. I'll, um, I'm i sure I'm going to be looking it up shortly. Um, trial beautifully.
2: Brief, yeah, yeah, with the Brisbane form. Yeah, yeah a good
3: trial. Good
1: yeah, oh, we're great. We'll be... Come from Mark. Kyle Taylor just let it drop out. I think he's a 1,200-metre horse. I don't think he's a 1,400-metre horse, especially with the speed on. He's got that short, sharp you know, turn of speed. And if the speed's on, he'll finish it. But when he, when he gets to 400 metres and whatever, he gets a little bit, you know, mm. a bit tired. But on a fast run, 40, uh, 1,200 metres, like he did in the Kosciuszko, like, you know, let's he run down a pretty good horse to run second, like front page, and then come out in the new market and run a good race in the new market. So what's the child? And you'll see what I mean when he came from last. That was a big run, mate.
3: OK, we might... Um, maybe... He might run in a little race there over the carnival,
2: for sure. Well, I spoke with David McCollum last. So Maxie came on and highlighted it in um, uh, the Brisbane segment we do. Maxie comes on and just sort of mentions the trials. Uh, he said, very impressed with Far Too Easy. And I said, sort of said, oh, okay, I wonder what, you know, you'd be he'd be targeting, maybe an eyeliner or... Because he wants to get him back for the Osco A race like the Ramorny as well, you'd, you'd think would yep. be on the radar. I spoke with David McCollum. He said, we want to try and get in the Stradbroke. Mm. So uh, they're aiming really high uh, with far too easy, but um, yeah, race. Then from you know, chatting with David off air as well, I mean, I think the I think a lot of they got a lot of options with him, but uh, maybe the Remorning could be one as well. Um, obviously, trying to get that that cosy spot uh, locked up uh, when that uh, that'll all be uh, into play. Thank you for your call, Mark. Graham. And that horse
0: Aberfeldy Boy is already twenty one dollars into eleven dollars for the Queensland Derby and sits on the third line of betting.
2: Okay, Okay. all right. So that's that's going to be... It's that time of the year, isn't it, when we see these horses? I mean, I I said this to Maxie uh, during the week, Duff, that you'll start to see... um, There's there's a fair few Kiwi horses up in Queensland at the moment from a number of stables, and you'll start to see them sort of pop up at midweeks and Sunshine Coast in certain races, especially the three-year-old fillies and... Just trying to get those rating points up to try and sneak into a Roses or a Grand Prix and, and then get into a Derby or an Oaks.
3: Yeah, but uh, it's a tough one to analyse these uh, Queensland Derby and Oaks at this stage of the... Uh, so early before the... pretty well the carnival starts. But they'll, they'll start to emerge in the next month, that's for sure. Yeah,
0: and just just uh, just take note, people, with the Brisbane Winter Carnival well officially starting in a couple of weeks' time, that the normal meeting, Hollandale Stakes meeting which is conducted at the Gold Coast, this year will be conducted at Caloundra, right? Or the sunny coast. So that's on the 6th of May. Uh, Just having a look there. The bat out of hell will be over 850 metres. That'll be an interesting race at Caloundra. Jeez. 850.
2: 850
0: metres. Well, it's normally Like Remington Park, they go
2: 222 metres, those Remington Park horse, the quarter horses. Usually
0: 900 at the Gold Coast, but it's 850 at uh, the sunny coast.
2: Uh, Let's get to Graham now on the line. G'day, Graham. Hey, going, mate? Very good, mate. What's your question?
5: Yeah. Uh, mate, I just wanted to give Bjorn Bates a bit of a wrap. Now. Um, they gelled it over past the end of the last preparation there, so it hasn't been mentioned too much. It would have been a bit of a hard sell to the owners, I'd imagine, but they're reaping their rewards now. Like, uh, a horse always used to trial like a horse that was for sale, like a trial like a bomb, but it never used to produce in the races. But I think he's turned it right around, and, yeah, he's good on him for, you know, for sticking with it, I'd say, and, and talking him into it. But they've done well out of it now.
3: Have they what? Um, good decision, very good decision, because he's—we uh, know how good a horse he is when he's right, and he's—you um, know—he's got some big scalps already in his career. But that's—I—I I agree with it. Um, Glenn said it, or wagata said it. That would take nothing away from him. The other day, he had that Asphora eyeballing him there all the way, and he—he he actually fought very, very hard, and he just seemed to wander on the turn there and. And get a little bit lost. So, he's a terrific horse, and you know, look, he's it'd be interesting. You can see what he what he does with him next. He's got to get him home, and uh, start from scratch. Yeah, Snapchat I think on. he was talking
5: about uh, an interview there earlier um, on RaceNet, like going back a few weeks. So, I think he was talking like the Victory Stakes in Brisbane and the and Ten Thousand, or possibly a Goodwood. So, yeah, I think um, it could be a different horse this campaign. Anyway, the look at it.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, it'll be very interesting Being to see. Good market, good market to put up. Well, who gets home first, Overpass or Bjorn? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was
2: very interested because even uh, even Bjorn uh, chatting um, with Brittany Taylor afterwards, that syndicate uh, was the Ram truck syndicate from what I was hearing. They all had the uh, – actually, I had to have a double take at the hat that Bjorn was wearing.
0: Is it keep trucking or something? Or?
2: No, truck, Yeah. Was oh, uh, on yeah. the on the hat, and uh, they're just a group of uh, just locals who uh, pulled all their money together. I think there's tradies in it. I think there's local business owners. Okay, and, so um,
3: it wasn't the rand truck. But, uh, Business
2: that bought it? No, I think well, no. from from what okay. Brittany was saying, there is RAM trucks involved. Like I think a gentleman who maybe I thought has... it might have
3: been just their workers or something. No,
2: right? no. Uh, from what from what the the story is, I think the local businessman who owns the the local dealership is involved. But then there's other local businesses. And my take from it, though, was when Bjorn was saying these blokes are too wild for me. So when you know Bjorn saying that, um, I'm tipping that it was a big party on on Saturday night um, and good to see as well. And as I said, that crowd uh, over there in Perth is an amazing um, voice, um, you know, and we, we speak about the, the slot races and whatnot, but it is maybe the shot in the arm racing needed. I know there's been obviously things like COVID that have attracted the eyeballs, but you put these events on and you have a little bit of different marketing here and there and just something a bit different, and they just come out in droves, people.
3: I said to him when I was there and for the last carnival in December, I said, you won't know yourself when you, this race is run because it'll be the start of something special. I'm, there's, there's just no second-guessing it, and it's only going to go from strength to strength like we have here with, with our Everest.
2: Mm. We need
3: some hor- you know, there, there horses. There was an article too. in the Western
0: Australian paper, David, says 80 blue-collar Western Australians, <laughs> Yes, a group of mates from amateur footy club Scarborough, Swan Athletics and Northern uh, banded together, so you know it's a footy clubs there, and they they decked themselves out in cowboy hats and yep. uh, cowgirl outfits, and uh, I reckon they would have had a fun time.
2: Yeah, they would, and and they stuck solid too, which Bjorn said after they scratched from the TJ, they stuck solid and said no, no, no we're 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 locked in here, obviously, and away we went. So. Um. Yeah, well done. Um. To for WA racing and, and whatnot. And as I said, from um from a punting perspective, well, we all had you know our bets at, at Randwick and um obviously down south at Sandown and up in Brisbane. But then we all gravitated towards the west as well and continued to have a punt. So I'm sure turnover would have been up, Glenn.
0: Oh, it would have been, David. And the other thing was they were getting free-to-air coverage, on Channel Seven and. I think they may have even changed the time of the race to be at um, 10 to 5 local time to allow Channel 7 to broadcast the race, which made it... Um, was it 10 to 4? Was it No, it was 10 to 6 here, so it's 10 to 4 over there. So it would have been earlier than probably normal um, to, to have Channel 7. Lizzie Jolce was over there for Channel 7, I think simon marshall was over there they had a you know they had a cast of thousands channel seven so they're getting free to air coverage and um they had you know we have our normal sky coverage over there with brit and um who, whoever was helping brit out because i wasn't even home by the time it ran um you know so i'm sure it would have been a success
2: we've got uh, another core on the line uh, alan who is actually one of the owners of uh, of overpass has a share must be with Derby Racing. Uh, Alan, are you there, mate? We'll get him on uh, on queue, boy. get him on hold. And morning, Alan.
6: Morning, Dave. How, how are you?
2: Well, how are you, though, mate? Uh, you've won the Quaker.
6: Uh my voice is still a bit croaky because it was croaky because it was a big night. Were you in Perth? But- no, I'm on the train, just get, just getting home now.
2: Oh, fantastic! I
6: came home on the red, red eye last night.
2: Oh, fantastic, mate. Well, well it, we, we were all watching. We were all watching on the TV. What was it like, mate? You've obviously been around with Overpass. You've been to some of the biggest race meetings in the country, no doubt, with that horse. But what was it like over there at Ascot?
6: Oh, it was brilliant. They really did a great job. It was well catered for. Um, there's plenty of room over there. It's the first time I've been there, and yeah, it was, it was great. But just about the syndicate, it's a there's 80 blokes are, and they're all sort of mates and went to school and played football together. They put in three thousand each to buy the slot.
2: Wow!
6: And they had a runner in each one of the, the trilogy. They, they had a greyhound in, they had a trotter in. So Stuart Campbell's the guy that run it all. And yeah, they they loved the party. It was a big night.
2: And how's the association with Ram? So is that just a, a local business owner that's involved as well? Yeah,
6: they got him in, involved to, to go under his banner.
2: Yep. But it's was just,
6: just, just a few mates come up with the idea. They're all knockabout about ropes and like a punt.
3: Well, there you go. And That's and a great story.
6: One of, was telling me that they, um, they had 165 horses to start with, but they whittled it down because they didn't want a local horse and the big names didn't go over, so they spent a bit of time studying a video of overpass and thought he'd be capable, which is good. Well, they got that 80 blokes doing the form, they got it right.
2: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah,
6: there were three in particular. One, uh, Cameron said that he spent three hours looking at videos of him and he just liked the toughness of him. He thought that that'd work over there, on speed and tough. But, yeah.
2: That's, that is um, great, mate. Great uh, that that, uh, and obviously, too, from an overpass point of view, being a syndicated horse, we know as with all the syndicators, but um, um, there's some good stories in overpass as well.
6: Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, um, my wife and I have been in shares for uh, 30-odd years here and now. And he's the best we've ever had. And to go to an Everest and then to be the first horse to ever win a crocker, that's a, that's a great feeling.
2: Well done, mate. Uh, enjoy Beautiful. it. Get the rest of the voice up. Get on the LEMSIP. <laughs> I'll have to, I think. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Alan. Uh,
0: uh, how many, you, how many of those 80 blokes have got a prospectus from Derby Racing lobbing in the mail? <laughs> yeah, I reckon. I
2: reckon, uh, I reckon you're right there, muns. Uh, if but I was Scotty
0: Derby, I'd be knocking on their door.
2: That's a great, uh, great story. Um, and that's... I tell you what, that's exactly, you know, uh, that, they could—they want PR for racing and you can't ask for better PR than that. Boy, oh, boy. Um, oh, the now,
0: other thing, Dave, they, 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 I didn't know this, they put a slot in... The greyhound race, they bought a slot in the trot race, and they bought a slot in the in, in the horse race. Well, they're entitled to get some sort of return. Imagine what their ROI or their POT is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, um, straight through to the keeper, Glenn. Let's go to horses to follow. Uh, I'm just watching. I don't know if you boys have got Sky 1 in the background, but they got the ostrich racing on. That's what we're showing, ostrich we're racing. we on it. <laughs> right. We will be soon.
0: I'll tell you what, if they get beat a long way, they make a beautiful <laughs> pair of shoes.
2: <laughs> now, um, what's your horses to follow, uh, Duff? Uh,
3: look, I think in the right race, way Ha Ha Falls is ready to win the right race, and I think he can continue on an upward spiral, this uh, democracy manifest.
2: Okay. Uh, your horses to follow, uh, Gator? Uh, look,
4: like I've gone with. Wes who's back in the good books. Valana was difficult to miss. And one down from uh, out of Lakeside, horse called Never Again. Might be a race in
2: it soon somewhere. Okay, so Wedo, Valana, and Never Again. And what about yourself, Bunz?
0: Uh Well, we've made him a horse to follow day before, and, he, and he's busting to win a race now. Well, Wall, um, you know, we found him out of his uh, second up run there, and he's run second in the Doncaster Prelude. He's run another good race on Saturday if he just draws an alley. Uh, can get a nice run and probably chase my crown when she goes back um, to the bush. Uh, she ran very, very well there in the Tab Highway. She's only a Class 2 horse. Um
3: and can get further too. I beg your pardon? She can get over further as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. She'll mm. stretch out over a bit of ground there. You know, the only concern is now she's she's a long while between drinks, but, uh, you know, she can go back to an easier race in the bush and, and be competitive there. But... Um, no, uh, you know, I think everyone's got to be very, very happy uh, with the way that the Carnival's turned out in Sydney and uh, now best wishes, of course, James Heddo this Saturday uh, for Hawkesbury, uh, the team at, at Gosford and Scone. Uh, let's hope that uh, this momentum that we build each and every year for the Carnival carries on to these meetings out of town.
2: Exactly right. And just to uh, recap for the punters out there, uh, on uh, for Tamworth this uh, Friday... Racing HQ will be live at the Courthouse Hotel Friday morning, but also myself and Luke will be hosting the Calcutta there on Thursday night. That's with the Harvest Hotel group. So uh, on Thursday night, we'll be at the Courthouse at Tamworth with their Calcutta, the uh, official Calcutta for the Tamworth uh, Jockey Club. And then on Friday night, you'll catch Duff and Glenn Munsey at the Royal at Richmond, uh, which is an outstanding venue out there. And they'll have a big Calcutta leading into that Hawkesbury standalone. We'll have Racing HQ on saturday morning rolling into it so gentlemen thanks so much for joining us this morning hopefully everyone has a great day our winners for the hats we've got five hats to give away dean brett dave greg and mark dean brett dave greg and mark give us a call back guys and uh we will so dean brett dave greg and mark five hats to give away and uh, thanks to our friends at newgate Uh, of course uh, they had a great weekend with militarized winning Uh, the champagne that Group 1. We'll take a break. Gary Harley has a mail for us at Scone today where we've got uh, a good card of racing. Eight races from Scone and a preview next.